right, folks, what is up? What is up? What is going on? A good evening, and welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike. I am your host, and we're having a good, uh, uh, we're having ourselves a good old-fashioned boys' night tonight, folks. We're having a, a sausage party up in here at America's Hometown Horror. <laughs> boys' night. Yeah. Boys' night, baby. Yeah. Which means I am joined uh, by my fellow co-hosts, Andrew and Matt, which means we are also without Kat, who is taking the night off. Gentlemen, what's going on? Hello. Oh, good evening. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Still have to find a way to inter- in- integrate that into the opening, but I okay. promise you it will be coming eventually. Uh, but yeah, as always, we have a, a very, I'm sure this will this will be a jam-packed episode tonight with a lot of different stuff to talk about and give opinions on, so why don't we jump right on in, and first and foremost, as always, you can find us on various online offerings, including our website, which is oppod.com. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram, just search for America's Hometown Horror and or Hometown Horror Pod and you will find us. You can also email us at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And always reminders that we are now uh, associated with Horror Facts Magazine, which is horrorfacts.com. Great resource if you're a horror fan and you like news, reviews, podcasts, just like ours. Head on over to horrorfacts.com to get your daily fix of uh, various horror things. And, as always, it's uh, so cool to be associated with Fangoria. Uh, and now, if you go to shop.fangoria.com slash hometownhorrorpod, as Andrew did uh, over the last week, and you use the promo code hometownhorrorpod, you get a 20% discount. Andrew, you got yourself a pretty cool little uh, little t-shirt, I huh? I did. Um, turns out, the t-shirt I ordered, I got sent the wrong one. It wasn't the baseball tee one. So I contacted their customer support, and the nice guy, Jimmy Shaw, over there, was very... Fast to respond, took care of the order. He's already got it being resent out, so props to Jimmy Shaw if you're listening. Safe to say that uh, if you do order something from uh, our link from Fangoria and there's ever an issue with the order, which probably will not be the case, safe to say that you will be taken care of promptly, respectfully, and, uh, pr- excuse me, promptfully, promptly, respectfully, <laughs> and, uh, you know, get your stuff in good working order, right? It is a t- sick t-shirt, though. I didn't awesome. like it. Okay. Excellent. So now that we got all the housekeeping stuff out of the way, why don't we jump into our usual things here before we uh, before we get going with uh, guys? Another fantasy draft tonight. Yeah, buddy. And this is the season. We're getting into fantasy football season soon. And uh, the last time we did a couple of drafts, it was uh, just the three of us as uh, as Cat. Or actually, Cat was here for a few of them, but she wasn't yeah, around she for a, a couple of them. Um, so I'm excited to be here with you guys. I think this is a topic that'll be a lot of fun to talk about. Absolutely no shortage of items to discuss. No, um, that's for sure. Um, we, we won't even scratch the surface. Y- uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we could probably do a three-hour podcast on this and not even scratch half of the surface of uh, of Stephen Kingness. So, why don't we go around the horn and just talk about things that we've watched? And Andrew, I'll kick it to you first, as I know that you, uh, after our episode on Nope last week, you did go back for a second viewing. So, what were your thoughts on Nope after a second viewing, my friend? Um, I liked it even more because I feel like you pick up on so many things, knowing how the movie ends and like where it's going, the dialogue and just scenes. So I thought that I, I always find like the second viewing it's so much better if you first time. Um, I did wasn't able to see it in RPX the second time. I will say if you do see it, you got to see it in RPX or IMAX. If you have the option, it just makes such a big difference when you see it like that. So R- RPX, essentially, I-, I think it's just more optimized sound and a bigger screen, correct? Bigger screen. I think the screen, I, I think the quality is much better, too. Like, the screen quality, because the- watching it, set, like, it look- I feel like I was watching, like, a movie from, like, the early 2000s. It's, like, that big of a difference, like, okay. visually. Because I remember, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we see a lot of movies in RPX. I've never really noticed it. This is the first movie where I really 
notice the difference. The screen was gigantic. So yeah, I guess maybe yeah, that's the, the Well, I remember when RPX yeah. first came out, I think I saw, I think it was like The Hobbit I saw in it. And I didn't like it because it seemed too, it felt like I was like sitting watching a play like live. So there is something with the, it's like more pixels or whatever per, I don't know, the scientific Pixel. terms. Oh, pixels and um, <laughs> things. But I will say for a movie like this, yeah, you got to see it next. Okay. Next. All right. Did you, uh, let, you know, given the in-depth conversation that we had about Nope last week, what, did you find it like easier to kind of understand what was going on, or some of like what, uh, like some of the little, little cues bit, yeah. that were like I thought I understood it pretty well watching it, but it's you pick up on so much more, and it's like just some of like the um, I don't want to get into too much spoilers. I'm probably gonna not. Well, I mean, if you haven't seen Nope at this point, I guess hey, fast forward a little bit, go see it. In like theaters, just like knowing, you recommended like, last like, week. like like the scenes that you see before you figure out that it's actually like predator Mm -hmm. like it's living being like the shots through the clouds and stuff where it's like hunting it's so much better watching the second time knowing that it's just you get more of that like that jaws vibe or like that like monster movie vibe so i really like that because it's legit a monster like hunting i feel like the opening credits like with the the shots of the the guy on the horse like that's being Mm -hmm. viewed through that weird lens that probably is yeah well because that's the same thing that that's what like it like yeah 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 exactly attacks them yeah pretty cool it's awesome cool stuff love it and uh, am I of the understanding that you actually were trying to get someone trying that to hasn't seen to go, trying see to go it for Craig? a third time? <laughs> Nothing yet, huh? Nothing yet. We were going to go tomorrow night, possibly. What else have you been watching? Anything good? Uh, well, I watched Deep Rising. We'll get into that more at some later point in time. We'll be podcasting on that Correct. soon. Yep. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I did finally finish the John Wayne Gacy tape. Oh, what'd you think? Pretty depressing, huh? It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a good. It's not a good finish. The guy was fucked. Like, he's, yeah. Just some of the stuff he says, like he's like, oh, they got, they finally, like when they were, like when they finally got him, like pinned down for execution. He's like, well, I still won because I killed thirty three when they're only killing me. That's such a fucked yeah, up. Just, just a, a real <laughs> wow. A real. A well, real I guess piece by shit. by those numbers, yes, you did win. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, as I've the line I've said several times before. It's absolutely not a feel-good barrel of laughs at all. It's uh, <laughs> the type of thing that you need a couple episodes of, like always sunny or South Park. Afterwards, you're like, yeah. I feel so icky right now. Right. Ugh, my God. Cool. That's about it. Excellent, excellent. Oh, and uh, I feel like we'd be remiss if we did not ask you about your uh, oh, my your glorious Phantasm, Phantasm t-shirt mm-hmm. that you're wearing right now, which I actually love the design. Looks like a nice high quality t-shirt, which yeah, I believe very, you said uh, you got from T Public. T Public. Yep. Uh, and I also got a hoodie, a Phantasm hoodie, because I need something for the fall as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a long sleeve was, now. Well, I have a long sleeve Mars Attack shirt coming in. Yeah, but oh, I yeah, do need right. an. Another ooh, a phantasm long sleeve. Then I could just be fully. Maybe they have like sweatpants. Now you can have, then you have those. a phantasm T-shirt, a phantasm long sleeve T-shirt, and a phantasm hoodie. You can maybe just be some phantasmed out phantasm all the time. sneakers. Yeah, I bet you you can find those socks. Just <laughs> be a walking billboard for phantasm. <laughs> Phil be like, damn, that guy is stoked. That guy is obsessed with phantasm. Well, I would say safe to say that Andrew's been uh, been checking out quite a bit of horror merchandise since our partnership with Fangoria and getting into yeah. the uh, the apparel it's struck game. Struck an addiction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Mr. Odette. What have been watching? Anything good? I Anything had a, of note? I had a couple rewatches. Um, I did Kevin Smith's Tusk from 2014, <laughs> I, which I is remember just you texting insane, dude. The other night. The and I, so weird. I didn't, you know what? I definitely didn't pick up that Johnny Depp was Guy Lapointe. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the first time I watched it, so it was because Sarah was watching it with me, and uh, she was like, "This movie fucking sucks." <laughs> She's like, "This is insane," and like, it is insane, but it's still it's entertaining. And uh, I think it's very entertaining. Yeah, gonna, but like the Johnny Depp scenes were very very funny. And uh, I was looking at him, I'm like, "That's fucking Johnny Depp." Mm-hmm. And uh, so the ending, it's a crazy movie. 
Um, <laughs> and, like, it's just, it works because Justin Long plays such a believable, like, shitty, like, dickhead. Douchey podcaster. Yeah, but, like, he just, like, sucks in the whole uh-huh. movie. So you don't really, like, you almost don't even feel bad for him. No. Because you're like, this guy's an asshole. Like, he's just a piece of shit. I will say, I, I've noticed, I mean. Even though his girlfriend's banging his best friend. I yeah, that, that too. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment. Fat Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, had his girlfriend. Him, no yeah. less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot he was in that. So, yeah. it's just weird. I feel Big like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm sure there's been more, but I'm thinking specifically of, like, the first David Gordon Green Halloween and also Tusk. Where uh, podcasters are pretty much portrayed as total douchebags. Yeah. And uh, as a podcaster myself, I'm a little offended, Hollywood. Let's get some uh, good podcasts. He's like the uh, Haley Joel Osment after his uh, role in The Sixth Serving. The Sixth Serving. <laughs> <laughs> that was Dude, like, you, you, that, that joke into your joke, very that segued yeah, great. That, that was perfect. perfect. That was yeah. perfect. I was going to say, though, uh, Haley Joel Osment actually had a, a very good bit part in uh, an episode of What We Do in the Shadows, which I'll talk a little bit more about yeah. that in a little bit, but I didn't mean to step on your uh, on your discussion of Tusk, which um, I actually think is a pretty pretty entertaining movie. Yeah, it so, is, yeah. and like it was just funny. Sarah was like, the movie's fucking insane. And, uh, but then we watched Men, and uh, I was excited to give this one a rewatch. Um, Rory Kinnear is so good in it, but I cannot stress that Jesse Buckley is also absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, she has a great, very moving... Move, there's scenes in that that are hard to watch for sure, um, in terms of like the arguments she's having with her husband. Like that, the flashback scenes are really rough. Um, yeah, I still, I still fucking love that movie. I think it's great. The ending is still just as crazy. So <laughs> didn't get any less. I like the up. meme you sent of the yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers for men without any context. Just Ace Ventura coming out of the rhino's ass yeah. and the Ace Ventura too when nature calls. What did Sarah think of that movie? Uh, that one was she was like this one. She it it takes itself much more seriously. So it, she was like this movie's stressing you. Yeah. And then it when it happened at the end, she's movie. like, I don't under. She's like, what the fuck? Was I don't. That? I don't get it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, uh, which uh, she was supposed to come on tonight potentially, which uh, would have been cool to have her. Unfortunately, it didn't work out right. But that would have been yeah. sweet. We'll get her down the road. Absolutely, so, yeah. dude. I would Layla love to popped have her out a, a new tooth. Ah. So that's we, exciting. She time. was like, I'll, I'll just it from the she tooth was, fairy. She was pretty fussy today. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Anything else besides Tuscan men? No, that's about it for this Tuscan week. men, not yeah. Italian men. Yeah. Tusk, <laughs> comma, and men. Uh, I don't really have a lot either. So I checked out the... It's a show that I just throw on from time to time that I just... I, I continue to wonder why I continue, I continue to watch it. Um, so not the original series, but the anthology series that came out last year that was a Hulu exclusive, American Horror Stories, plural. Great idea. Each each one's a different uh, different episode, as is the anthology format. Watched the first episode of that, and it was okay. It's got Dennis O'Hare in it, who's a uh, frequent contributor to uh, many seasons of American Horror Story. It had a nice little tie-in to, uh, I would say, I won't give away the title, but if you're familiar with American Horror Story, season three of American Horror Story, uh, which may or may not have to do witches, but that's a light spoiler, I guess. Um, so I watched the first episode of that. That's coming out weekly exclusively on Hulu, as are most FX-type shows. Also saw it was confirmed today that American Horror Story, uh, the original series, season 11 is set to premiere this fall, which yep. to that I say, no shit, Sherlock. They had a trailer for that at the, when I signed them. American Horror Story? Yeah. Or the, the stories? Like, stories. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Cool. Which one's which? Uh, it, stories is the anthology one. Story singular is the season anthology? season long. Yeah, okay. season anthology. Oh. Yeah, actually, that's they're both anthologies. But 
Yeah, one's an episodic, episodic anthology, oh, the other yeah. one's a season-long okay. anthology story. So, yeah. Ugh, God, follow the bouncing ball there. Um, also, <laughs> what, I was just talking about what we do in the shadows continues to be great. The episode that we watched last night, I was fucking dying laughing. I, I gotta catch up on that one. I haven't watched so any of the new episodes yet. Funny, so I'll give you like a basic plot line. So early on in the season, Andrew, throw that thing in the fucking trash. I fucking hate this thing so Jesus much. Why is it only me? It only does it to me. Why is my drink condens- condensating? Condensating so quickly. Um, so early on in the season, uh, they find a genie lamp for some reason in the basement of the house and a gin comes out like a a genie and he starts being able to grant wishes to Nandor and Guillermo and so one of the biggest plot lines of this episode that we watched last night is that Nandor is trying to wish for the world's biggest penis (laughs) and him and Guillermo are trying to write down all the stipulations of how a djinn might trick you into like making you wish for the world's biggest penis to backfire on you so they're trying to write down like a contract of like how it just want he they want it to replace his existing penis. He doesn't want a second penis. He doesn't want a penis on anywhere else but his body, but in between his legs. He doesn't want like an extra penis on the tip of his penis. <laughs> he doesn't want a penis so big that's going to be able to crush people when he tries to use it. And it's a nice twist at the end, but dude, it's fucking so funny. And like they finally opened that like vampire club. Nadia's been open trying to open a vampire club, and it's dude, it's fucking great. I love that I show. Watch that. Uh, it's so stuff. fucking funny. And also, I've been a lot of my last week has been uh, revolving around Shark Week, and specifically okay. the Jackass set, uh, Shark Week show. Oh that. my god, I didn't it was know that great. Was a thing. So they did the first one last year, and uh, one of the guys actually got bit very badly uh the guy poopies which if you've seen oh Jackass yeah forever, dude, yeah um he almost lost his hand yeah he got fucked up uh and with sharks. yeah well he was trying to do the uh the fonzie stunt from fucking happy days where he's literally trying to water ski jump over sharks and he didn't make it across the jump he fell into the pit of sharks oh and he got attacked <laughs> and uh his his one of his bones his te- every tendon got severed he had to have massive surgery like airlifted who has to the, the fucking balls you think those guys get like crazy good health insurance from I would hope so. dude, I don't, I, I <laughs> they, even know they, how they, their health insurance made. policy must be insane dude but dude. The, the whole focus of the second part which was aired last week and I'm sure it'll be on Discovery a thousand more times watch it it's fucking funny it's great uh, Jackass Shark Week 2.0 it's called the whole purpose of the show is them getting him back in the water with sharks. And he actually <laughs> fucking does it at the end. Yeah, and I cannot nuts. believe that he did it. He'll do anything yeah. for a paycheck. Those, and it was, those young kids are all fucking dude, maniacs. Like some, some of the stunts were fucking incredible, and they were so funny. Like It, it, it goes a little bit like beyond sharks. Like there's a, there's a part where Wee Man goes into a tank with an electric eel like solely to try and get shocked by the electric eel and he gets dude it's fucking they did a bit so on, funny uh, oh my god jackass forever point five or whatever like the they I saw that, that like the making of jackass forever yep, yep yeah awesome awesome stuff uh a couple quick news things real quick so uh biggest horror movie release i think this week uh is prey which comes out yep. on friday and i've seen a couple images i'm avoiding trailers i think this movie looks fucking awesome they changed up the uh, predator didn't they i looked at it quickly and it looks a little different it looks a little bit more like primal less technologically advanced because this is supposed to be the first predator attack on earth which is why and but like the teaser tale of the teaser teaser trailer promise i haven't even had that much to drink jesus christ that i did see it's obviously all it's it's basically uh native americans fighting the first predator that arrives on earth there's also like some early like like 
American settlers that get involved too, and like the predators killing certain animals. Looks fucking awesome, and I do kind of wish it was being released in theaters. Like I would love to see this in yeah, theaters this and not just like on it. Hulu. Like I would, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I can kind of sit at home and watch it for free, but I'd love to like go to the theater and see this. I love predator movies. I would love to see this in yeah. theaters. Are you like going to see that? Bodies, bodies, bodies. That's that one with com- Pete that Davidson. Comes out on Friday too. I've heard about that. I yeah. think it's getting decent reviews. Yeah, I guess it's pretty funny. Yeah, I would probably check that out. I'm yeah. not. I'm not the biggest Pete Davidson guy. Um, no. Yeah, I think he's a douche. He's kind of grown on me slightly. I'm tired of everyone kissing his ass personally. It's because he bangs fucking Kim Kardashian. Yeah, just because speaking dude, of the he, biggest he does, penis in the world. Dude, he, I would say he, he, dude, he, he must have. He must have a fucking hose. because he has. He, like, is just, he has a black rings around his eyes. So yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, dude, Ar- Ariana Grande, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Dude, Grande, Kim Kardashian, he was dating Kate Beckinsale for a while, which, like, that's the biggest score of them all. She's oh, Kate Beckinsale. Is My a God. Top notch. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Prey comes out this Friday. And also, yeah, I forgot about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Good call, Matt. Um, also, in news that uh, is Halloween related that may only interest me, but I feel like I had to share this with the world. Um, so, General Mills announced uh, yesterday <laughs> that they're bringing back Fruit Brute. For the first time in like ten years, which yeah. is like the the long lost sibling of like the monster cereals, Frankenberry. So there's like Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry. Uh, what's the other one? There's a mummy one. Fuck, what's the mummy one? And there's Fruit Prude, which I guess is a fruit based cereal with like a werewolf as the as the character. So you'll be able to get Fruit Brute uh, on shelves. Supposedly it's out brute. now. I typically the only place that I've found the Count Chocula cereals early is Target, and I feel like you have to wait until at least, like, September. Because that's where I got my Count Chocula last year, and that's where I got the Monster Mash. Does it only come out? Anniversary yummy, yummy Mummy. Yummy Mummy. That's the one, <laughs> yeah. So Yummy Mummy and Fruit Brute, but I think I one. think they're There's all available. Crispy Creature year. Crunch. I've never even heard of that. It looks like like Creature of the Blackwood. Oh, blue. how have I never mm-hmm. heard of that? I love cr- the Creature from the Fruit Brute, yeah, it's like a, looks like tricks almost. I mean, I like tricks, so cool with that but yeah fruit brute if you're looking for fruit brute you can find it apparently this year which i guess they from what i was reading on bloody disgusting is one of the most sought after products by cereal collectors out there so dude hey you know i think it's pretty sweet if you don't uh, fuck you it's official. The critics' decision is in. Spooky World is spooktacular. Enter the new black hole. If you dare. Or the new horror house of wax. This year, don't miss the real Jason, Bobby Pickett, or Alice Cooper. Phone the 24-hour Spooky World hotline. 508-838-0200. That's 508-838-0200. Spooky World is just west of Boston. And haunts every night from October 1st till November 1st. If you had the nerve, you'd phone 508-838-0200. It's America's horror theme park. Spooky World. Be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. Ah! <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Creepy Clowers! Time is alive! It's alive! The new face of evil is going to scare you to death. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, it's a killer this year. Then be next door to the Abington Airhouse. Barrett's Haunted 
Mansion. Eat, drink, and be scary. Go to bhmansion.com. Uh, guys, we are ready to uh, do another draft. Yeah, buddy. Excellent. All right. So, as I mentioned before, we're doing something a little bit different here. Over the course of this podcast, on various episodes, I feel like a lot of roads lead back to Stephen King. Because he's such a huge, huge influence on the horror genre in general. Movies, books, TV, everything. You'd be hard-pressed to find even the most casual of horror fans to not have either heard of or seen something or maybe even read something by Stephen King. And I think we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to his works. So not only just his books, we're talking movies here, we're talking TV. I think we kind of came to the decision that everything's on the table here. Yeah. So anything that we want to draft short stories is yeah. fair game. Short stories I had as one, too. Comics I had as another thing. So, I mean, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's had a lot of his stories adapted into theatrical project, uh, productions, mm -hmm. which sure not <laughs> not my personal thing. Yeah. But if uh, one of you guys want to draft that, I will absolutely allow it. Oh, like a play? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think Misery's been adapted into a play. I've never um, seen which I makes no sense. horse in that race. I've never yep. seen any... Yeah, of his plays. I haven't either, but I I know I so I guess those are off the table. But I was just thinking, you know, yeah. we were trying to think of a six degrees of Stephen King. Ah, oh, six that. degrees of oh, Stephen man. King would have been a good thing yeah, too. That'd yeah, be wild. They can do okay. that next year. All right, so I guess before we kind of jump into this, Andrew, I'm going to shove that up. Your I'm going to shove it up my own ass because <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. I just if I have to hear it again, I'm going to I'm going to freak out, man. Can you get Surrender some better now. coasters, yeah. bro? Oh, okay, cool. Why don't you bring your own coasters, loser? <laughs> yeah, I just drive around with coasters in my truck. <laughs> Anyway, guys, uh, Matt, I know particularly that uh, you are a gigantic fan of Stephen King. So yes. why don't you talk a little bit about your fandom and kind of like your first experiences with Stephen King and how you have become to be such a big fan? Um, it's Well, it, I definitely got wicked into his books when I read It. And that came from not when the new movie came out, but when I heard the new movie was going to come out. And I had like that year and a half of like news bubbling about it. So I sought after that book, and I, I'm very fascinated with old books. I love hardcover books. I love the original artwork that comes with them. So I tried to get as many of the um, first editions as I possibly could, and I have all but two. I have two that are book club editions, which look exactly the same, but if you're going to get down to the finite detail, mm. they're not. So... Um, yeah, I was gonna say you're. When you're, it's Carrie and Salem's lot, which are, they're like, it's like, they're very expensive. Your your Stephen King collection is very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, I did find this store in Marshfield next to their library. Um, it's Ocean something bookstore. It's like a nonprofit and everything. It's really cool. They have a ton of stuff. But I went in there one day looking for books, and I found a bunch of old Stephen King books. And I was like, no shit. And I was flipping through the pages, all first editions, blah, blah, blah. And so I asked, the when the lady came over, she's like, oh, you like Stephen King? And I was like, yeah. And so I bought a few of them. I was like, I'm going to see how much these are, and then maybe I'll come back. And I, like, went to the desk, and she rang them. I got, like, four books, and she was like, all right, eight bucks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So I'll I just went back. back and grabbed yeah, all yeah, I yeah. just clean house. She actually, I would come in every few weeks. There'd be new stuff. I'd get it. And she actually gave me... Uh, a few copies of her own first editions that she had mm -hmm. that were in great shape that she brought in, and the, the lady was she awesome. She just gave them to you? Well, she sold them to me. Oh, okay. But, yeah, she was like, nice. I will sell you this one. Um, mm -hmm. I have, I've, like, Facebook groups that I've joined. Um, this guy, Josh, he actually listens to the podcast, so 
Shout out Josh, Josh? G. Josh? I know some people are weird about having their full name said, so we'll leave sure. it at Josh G. But um, he sold me some books, not just Stephen King, but he sold me some awesome copies of uh, some uh, Thomas Harris books and uh, Ooh. just Ooh. kind of a All bunch right. of other Stephen King stuff too. Joe Hill. Um, yep. So he actually has a page that uh, he he said we should share this. So I was like, all right, that'd be sick. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so we, if you hear this, hello. Go buy Josh's book. Hello, books. Josh. Good evening. Yeah. Uh, he has a great catalog that he does once a month with new stuff. Wicked fair pricing. Ships immediately. Dude rocks. Awesome. Um, he's a good guy. So, But it's Sweet. cool having that like little book community that I was able to kind of come across. So re- through reading them. And then like even as a kid, I loved all the movies. That's like really where it started was like watching like Pet Cemetery and like Silver Bullet. Yeah. It. Riding the Bullet. Rose Red. Like there's so many things I remember as a little kid watching on AMC during Fear Fest, Fear Fest. when I would come home yeah. from school. So it just, it, once I got old enough to like more so appreciate reading and be just better at it, like comprehending, like it's not that they're crazy like stories, but Mm -hmm. it's just as a kid, I just didn't want to read a lot. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun to finally get them all and just keep knocking them down as I go. So keep tweaking that collection. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, I, when I actually like sat down and thought about this, it was tough to come up with an answer because I feel like he's just always been there in some way, shape, or form in like pop culture for me. Because I'm I, like, you know, I grew up reading Goosebump books or Goosebumps books, excuse me, and then I evolved into like Animorphs books. He was well, he was like well dork. established. Oh, for we sure. And too, then like so you know, I feel like there. as I reached a certain age and I like aged out of Goosebumps. I, and I realized that I liked spooky shit. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I want something that's a little bit more potent, a little something that's actually going to like scare me here. So, stings. right. So I started reading some Stephen King stuff. Started reading like some, like the Amityville Horror, like other random things that interested me. And I just, I, I think that the movies were more accessible to me at a younger age. But the first book that I actually sat down and read was Salem's Lot. Because my dad, I remember telling me that he, him telling me that that was his favorite book, and he also by Stephen King, and he thought it was Stephen King's scariest book, which I may, may be biased because my dad had said it, but I I tend to agree with him. I think Salem's Lot is still scary. my favorite, my favorite, and it's uh, it's still pretty damn scary. I just hope to God they do that novel justice with that new adaptation that's now coming out next year instead of this year, which is disappointing it's to kind me. Of a, yeah, but I mean, like I, worth the wait. I feel I feel like from then, like my fandom exploded. I love his short stories. Um, when I was in college, I was an English major and I wrote my thesis on Stephen King and basically how his reputation as an author suffered due to all of the crappy movies that came out in the 80s that were you know uh, derived from his source work which i had a lot of fun writing it didn't really feel like work to me Mm -hmm. felt like i was just doing something that i liked to do and i was getting college credit for it which you know and i think honestly like when, when we talk about a lot of this stuff tonight like some of these statistics that i have here that i'll burn through very quickly like there's a Stephen King adaptation for everything. He writes so frequently, and there's so many movies and so much shit to choose from. There was a point in time where people were sick of Stephen King, yeah. and I feel like now do very much to movies like It Chapter One or like you know Gerald's Game Doctor or Sleep. like Doctor Sleep or even some other stuff. There's kind of been a little bit more of a renaissance. Now we're getting more and more stuff that is coming out, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. Now some of those good might be like Doctor Sleep. Or at chapter one, 
Some of the bad might be the Pet Cemetery remake. Some yeah, of his best out, movies the, too, the, like adaptations, aren't even horror movies. Yeah. They're, oh, like absolutely. And, Green uh, and the Green Mile Stand and by Stand by Me. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Andrew? Were those some of the things like you were introduced to first, like those types of so, stories, like Shawshank? I was a little bit late to the game with as far as <clears throat> horror goes. So I think looking back, my first experience with Stephen King was watching the uh, Storm of the Century miniseries with my dad when that came out in like 98 or 99. Um, that was the first Stephen King I had ever watched. I was probably 13 maybe when that came out, 12, 13. And then as soon as I, I finished watching that, 2000, 2001 rolled around and Netflix now was finally there. And I would just, I mean, you have no idea, you have no way of knowing when any of these yeah. are these good or these bad. You're just like going based off of, I have no idea because there's no like internet. I mean, there was internet, but it was minimal. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would just pick like three Stephen King movies, rent them and watch them and then send them back and get three more adaptations. And I did that for like two years. Yeah. So I've seen like every Stephen King adaptation. Even like the Tommy Knockers. Tommy Knockers is pretty bad. Pretty terrible. With Jimmy Smith. Um, yeah, pretty what bad. Was the other one like the, the Walkers. No, the uh, Skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. Or sleep. 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 Sleepwalkers. 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 Another terrible yeah. one. But yeah. yeah, but I mean that's like how I got into it was Storm of the Century. So that'll always have a special place in my heart. I love Storm of the that's Century as well. That's a great crowd favorite. And I think I think always like for me too. I'm always and you know all of us as being big horror fans now. Like he's been so much at the forefront of the horror genre for so long that when he recommends something, whether it's like on Twitter or I know he used to have like a weekly column in, in Entertainment Weekly where he would talk about, you know, things that he was watching or things that he, you know, liked or didn't like. When he recommended something, like that holds, or, or when he recommends something, that holds weight to me. Yeah. Like, I remember like he recommended The Descent so highly. Like, it might have been Twitter at that point was around or somewhere. One of the scary, like, you know, I'm not quoting, but like he said, it was one of the scariest movies he'd ever seen or in recent memory. And I remember I I was like, you know what? This movie looks awesome. Anyway, I'm going to see it in the fucking theaters now. Mm -hmm. And that's now one of my, I mean, one of my probably top 20. Probably was one of the scariest. Honestly, probably one of the most viscerally scary movies I've ever seen. The movie's frightening. But I mean, still now, I mean, he's very active on Twitter. And despite the fact that he's getting up there in age and he recommends shit like all the fucking time. So I'm like, when he does, because I obviously I follow him, I'm like, okay. Mental note: I have to watch this. Whatever he's talking about right now. So, I mean, King's always out there. He's yep. it's. There's no shortage of Stephen King content to draw from. There's a novel coming out. I think in September. Yeah. Fairy tale. Now, I will okay. say, and I don't mean to disparage anyone who might be picking anything like this in this upcoming draft. A lot of his newer stuff, I'm not as much of a fan of. I feel like he has moved a lot away from the horror. He's doing a lot of like detective noir. fiction, like yeah. noir, which. I like that genre. I'm my Stephen King though is the old school Stephen King stuff. Personally, but I get why he would want to do that. He's They're probably still sick very of writing. Gritty. I mean, how many horror? Mo- I mean, yeah. novels are he gonna write? Like you're uh, still yeah, gonna get the gruesomeness. Yeah. In the store, like you know what I mean. The, like it's not gonna be tame. Yeah. It's just it's not yes. supernatural yes. for the most or anything. He like can that. still knock your socks off. It's just uh, I feel like if I'm looking for to read some Stephen King stuff like. The best Stephen King novel that I've read out of his recent work was The Outsider. And I think the TV yeah, show the was, fa- was was actually phenomenal good. to match. The so Outsider good. was very, very good. But we may talk more about that later on. Who knows? Maybe somebody will pick it. Um, just a couple of things. Just so you know how much content we're dealing with here. Um, by my count, there are at least 64 novels that Stephen King has written. 11 short story collections that contain over 200 short stories. 19 screenplays that he's written. 
There have been 87 movie adaptations, with more coming, countless more, 29 TV shows, 38 comic book adaptations, and probably the most interesting thing to me, the stories of Stephen King were almost turned twice into theme park attractions. One of the original plans, among many other things, for the Tower of Terror at Disney World uh, was going to be a drop ride based on the stories of Stephen King. Oh, that'd and be King, so awesome. King said no. So they uh, they were working with King on an idea for that. It was, uh, at one point, it was supposed to be themed to, like, uh, Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks movie. Oh, man. Uh, and then it ultimately ended up landing on the Twilight Zone, which yeah. is oh, that, that ride's great. Awesome. It's my favorite ride in the world. Um, there was also uh, talks for when Universal Orlando first opened that they were thinking about doing a dark ride based on Stephen King's stuff. And there's actually some details out there. There's a bloody disgusting article on this that goes into a little bit more detail, but there was going to be a dark ride with at least the elevator blood scene from The Shining mm-hmm. and a scene with an attack by Pennywise, which, I mean, I know he has said in the past that he's not keen on theme park stuff. He has been very reluctant to... There's never been a haunted attraction ever based on a Stephen King story or movie. Or actually, nope, not a movie. Uh, there was a haunted house based on Kubrick's The Shining which he didn't have the rights to say no to that. So there's never been a direct adaptation of anything that he's had complete control over. So, again, a lot of Stephen King stuff to talk about here. So, with that being said, why don't we kind of jump right into the draft here? Are we and, just going to take uh, that one right off the table, though, like The Shining? Like, I think it would be kind of a cop-out for any of us yeah, to pick I The Shining, feel, don't I, you? I, I mean, it's obviously amazing. We did an episode on it's it. It's one so. of my favorite movies of all time, but I'm not going to pick it no, because I feel like everyone in the world has seen it. There also, it needs to go as said, not all of us have read all the books or seen all the movies. Yep. So I mean, I'm, I'm going from like the stuff that I have read I've personally. I've read uh, one Stephen King book and uh, at that. So what I, is it? The Gunslinger. <laughs> okay. Why I wasn't going to pick that one. Alright. No, so, I'm not going to pick that yeah. either because I read it once and I can't remember. Most yeah, there's of it, so. six books that follow it. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, I am I not, like, a, too many. not a huge fan of the Dark Tower stuff. The only, or actually, I can't really say that with any sort of uh, experience. I have also read The Gunslinger. It wasn't my favorite, so I didn't continue. Sarah read the whole thing twice. I know you yeah. said wow. that she's a huge fan of it, so I, I would have loved to have talked to I know. her about that. That would have been her shining yeah. moment. Alright. <laughs> so I just uh, randomized our draft order here. We're going to go snake style, and the order is as follows. Matt has the number one overall pick, followed by me and Andrew, which means that Matt and Andrew both get two picks in a row. Um, gentlemen, I think given that there's only three of us, we should probably pick at least four things, right? Okay. Okay, and again, anything's on the table. So, Matt, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, Creep show. You motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) Um, God damn it. The movie or the... uh, The movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would call this a pinnacle in 80s horror um, cinema, for sure. He obviously, he penned it. Um, George A. Romero directed it. And There's, acted in it. And yeah, he acted <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, what's his name? Jordy uh, or yep, Jordy Verrill? Yeah. And, meteor uh, shit. Me- uh, meteor shit. That that's the most like depressing bit in the whole uh, uh, the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Um, it's the shortest one too, I think. Um, if not for the one with the uh, the doctor with the the, the cockroaches. But um, yeah. Yep. My favorite um, one in the entire thing, and it's hard because they're all absolutely flawless. Each one of them is perfect. Um, but I love the one with Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. Um, yep. Burying the guy at the beach. Yep. Dude, like, Great one. see, that's one that as a little kid, I'll always remember them, like, coming to his door with their, like, gurgled, waterlogged voices and shit. Like, 
it's just so fucking good, and it's so Stephen King. It's so Stephen King short story esque because his short stories, he just has so much time to just scare the shit out of you and pack a punch. And it's 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 fucking excellent, dude. Um, and then the crate is unbelievable because you get all time monster. Yeah, Tom oh. Savini just absolutely rocks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a the combination of Stephen King and George Romero, flawless. The fact that King, you know, wrote all the stories or co-wrote all the stories. The practical effects are insane. Um, the drawing from the EC Comics style of the 50s, which is right up my alley. Like, I was actually listening to a podcast today with the guys that uh, did the uh, Tales from the Crypt TV series on HBO in the 90s. Yeah. Mick Garris interviewed them recently on their show. It was awesome to listen to. I just love, I love that aesthetic. And this movie just nails it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that it's been remade into a very good TV yes, show now the TV show and it certainly seems like they're they're going to continue doing that but I mean the OG movie it, it's fucking impossible to yeah. beat Adelia, the, first, Adelia, you the first episode of the show <laughs> has uh, Grey Matter which is one I, of the scariest stories in Night Shift I'm aware of that yeah mm, that's I'm, a good one I'm too I'm aware of that so and also, if I, if I must say, Andrew, uh, I did get you the most awesome Christmas present ever was that Creep Show sick. t-shirt that I got you, which yeah. is awesome. Is that that, like, super colorful, like, yes. neon one? Yep. Yeah, that one rocks. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, yeah, Creep Show. You can't okay. go wrong with that. Okay. I could watch that over and over and over again. Me okay. too. Uh, I am going to go with a book Great. as my first pick, and I would say that this was kind of what made me a fan into being obsessed. And it is, I believe, his third short story collection, that's Skeleton. So Skeleton Crew contains The Mist, the original short story, um, among other stories that uh, have been turned into film segments or are yet to be doing that. Uh, also contains the Raft short story, Andrew, from Creepshow 2. Uh, contains Survivor Type, which was turned into a Creepshow animated segment for the Creepshow TV series. Uh, this story called Kane Rose Up, which is a uh, story very much ahead of its time, which tells, uh, basically it's the ramblings of from the point of view of a madman who shoots up a college campus. Jesus. Uh, very, very eerie and, and weird and, and scary. Bachman-esque. Yes. Uh, the Monkey, which is an awesome demonic toy story, uh, and then The Jaunt, which may be one of my all-time favorite Stephen King stories, which if you haven't heard of that one, I know you don't read a lot, uh, but you've probably read the story. It's a short story. You need to read it. The fucking ending is so great. But it's, Do you own this book? I do. I'll lend it to you. Yeah, because I, I can read short stories. Yeah, they're not, especially in that one, they're like no, there might the, be some that are 30 pages. Honestly, you can, you can blow through each of these stories and really, like, probably... The Mist is long. It's the longest <laughs> yeah. story in the whole collection, but you can blow through the rest of these stories in, like, less than a half hour each. And the, the ending of The Jaunt is such a fucking a jump kick to the nuts. It's unbelievable um they haven't made a good movie or a tv series out of it yet because i feel like it's kind of tough to do but um i mean like i said my my kind of one of my original loves of stephen king were through short stories so i have to give some flowers to skeleton crew which is my favorite of his short story collections i mean and again the mist hello the mist the mist uh hello yeah which the story's great the ending is uh much much different than the movie Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if that the movie will come up at some point in this podcast. Totally still fair game, even though the mist is part of this. But yeah, Skeleton Crew, one of my favorites. I'll have to check it out. I would read that. I'll give it to like, you. Yeah, Remind you me before it. you leave tonight. I'll let you borrow it. I could use some reading, my life. Yeah. All right, Andrew. What do we got? Well, seems like a good segue because mm-hmm. I'm gonna go right into it. The mist. 
will you be my first fucker. Because yep. I knew it wasn't going to probably make its way around. I knew if I didn't again. take it, you were going to take yeah. it. So. I mean, Thomas Jane's phenomenal. That whole story is just so good. All the side characters, like, one of the most, like you said, the ending is completely different than the Stephen King short story. But that's one of the most devastating endings <laughs> to any movie really brutal. you could imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> and, like... I think I had watched this movie a couple times. It took me like a few watchings to really appreciate this movie for what it is. Um, it's just it's just everything you, you would you want. It's like it's like the stand, it's like the storm of the century, you get that like that group mentality where people just start to turn on each other and you're trying to figure out who the actual monsters are. Is it them or is it creatures coming outside? They're basic one and the same. And it's just it's just well done. I mean I I never watched the T V show. Did you ever watch the T V show? It was terrible. Yeah, it was that's awful. What I heard, so it got I was like never. canned pretty quick, right? It Did canceled it? after one season. Was that on Spike TV? It was on yeah. Spike TV. Oh, well, that's TV. not surprising. It, dude, that. it was complete bullshit. <laughs> Stick to um, 1,000 Ways to Die. Or right? Dude, it dude is essentially, all, all I'll tell you is that they removed the creatures and the mist was like sen- sentient. Oh. It like had a mind of its own, dude. Why are you was, fucking with that? It was right? fucking bogus, dude. It I mean, was great, terrible. Great oh, monsters. The best. Great yeah, acting. You get, you get a lot of the same you know, actors that Stephen King loves. Obviously, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Uh, what's his name? He was in Storm of the Century. Oh, I Jeffrey DeMunn. Yeah. Yep, he's in The Walking Dead uh, too. That Karen, who's the worst. Marsha Gay Harden. Yep. Yep. She's absolutely she's, the worst. She's pretty unfavorable in that role. Yeah, she's that's a, like pretty much... She's a good actress, like, but, yeah, she's but she's just that's just her role is perfect. A lot. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that used to not be my favorite Stephen King movie. I think it has now become probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation. I think that that's fair, because again, and again, everyone's seen The Shining, right? Well, outside of The Shining, I, I would say aside. aside from The Shining and Creepshow, this is the best Stephen King movie that most people have not seen. This is a fantastic That's fucking fair. movie. I, I think it's. I, I don't even. I mean, Misery's more mainstream like than about this. Two thousand seven. Stand by Me, Shawshank are all more mainstream than this. Like the probably the average fan is not. I'm thinking seen like horror movies horror. too specifically. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's what I'm. Yeah. Misery is. Towards. I would say Misery's the most horror, horror of the really like popular ones. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like Dolores Claiborne. That's yeah. I feel like a yeah. big drama. But, yeah. And I, I know we we dedicated a whole episode to the Mist movie a while back, but um, you know, like you said, typical King stuff. Who's really the monster? And the answer is we are, because mm-hmm. if they had all been able to coexist and just stay inside, in the movie at least, they would have survived as uh, the military came. So, uh, Great call on The Mist. I knew you were going to take it. I was like, I'm taking it. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, he took Creep Show, and then I was like, ah, and then you did that. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yep. Got a chance. Okay. All right. So that means we're back to me. No, it's me again. Oh, it's right. Oh, again. you got two in a row. Shit. I wasn't ready for that. Um, oof. So I was thinking, I don't know if this is a cop. I've talked about it. Like, like I feel like I've talked about these movies so many times, and I'm gonna do it again. But like, I fucking love like thinner. <laughs> I knew you were gonna take like, thinner. At I gotta least take at thinner. Some point. It's such a cornball, cheesy adaptation, but it's like early '90s. It's entertaining. It's as hell. so entertaining. You have Chaz Palmieri. Chaz Palmentary, baby. Palmentary. Yeah, yeah, I love. He's Chaz fantastic. I don't know the main actor's name because he's like a. His name is Robert John Burke. Robert John Burke. He is a staple on like the Law and Order SVU TV yeah, he's series. One of those circuit. He's one of those guys. Was this, this was definitely a made for TV movie, right? Or was this no, actually no. theatrical? In theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. If this was like a now, like a nowadays, it like came out on like Hulu, or whatever. You'd be like, yeah. this is a good Hulu movie. Um, but it's just so. It's such a fucked up story. Really, mm-hmm. like yeah. I mean, with like the whole gypsy things and getting the fucking boat head. Like, so I don't know if you, uh, like, both you guys remember this, but 
when we went to BBC, the three of us, last Saturday, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, yep. yeah. and we were talking to those guys at the bar, and we, you, were telling, we were t- you were telling them about the podcast, and you mm. we were talking about Stephen King stuff. That guy brought up Thinner. And Thinner, thinner yeah. came up, and I said that Thinner is potentially the worst possible outcome from getting a blowjob that you yeah, could ever have in I your entire that. life. And, that's... and I remember he chuckled pretty hard. I was like, oh, I like this guy. All right, yeah. awesome. So yeah, if you listen to cool. <laughs> Yeah, but, it, oh, I mean, honestly, just, just trying to get a little bit of roadhead and fucking your life is destroyed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everybody you love is dead by the yeah. end of the movie. Like, yeah, including yourself. You weigh like you 40 You eat too much fucking strawberry breakfast. Well, there's that, el- thing, the, that element of like him just eating everything and anything he sees just like it, that, that that gluttonous kind of like mentality that takes over to me is like really intense uh, yeah. and it's one of the strong points in the movie in terms of what's so scary about it because he just turns into a piece of shit yeah. and he does he doesn't even know why he's losing weight like he could have he so just, many things wrong with him he doesn't care yeah and he's he just, like I can eat whatever I want yeah so it, it, there's just a really freaky it's, it's just element. it's just it's another movie that just like when I think of Stephen King it just immediately pops into my mind. Because just it's that like, level it's of just crazy. that level yeah. of just, like, who comes up with this shit? Mm-hmm. Stephen King Stephen does. King does. Yep. Can't go wrong. Yeah, good call. I, I had a feeling you were going to take thinner. Yeah. So that like was a, uh, fair game. Fair game. That's a deep cut. I bet you a lot of a lot of people don't know about. Thinner. Well, that novel was released under Richard Bachman. We we'll say that's a Bachman oh, book, right? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Um, I'm going to probably go with my most mainstream thing here, and I'm going to take with my second pick. I'm going to take the Doctor Sleep movie. Um, I still still stand firmly on the fact that I think this is one of, if not the best horror movie of the last five years. Um, Flanagan, man. Mike Flanagan, yeah. I mean, I just think the way that he was able to, you know, take Kubrick's movie, King's book, Respect and both of them. Respect both yeah. of them and meld them together in a way that made Stephen King happy, despite how bitchy Stephen King has been about Kubrick's book for so fucking long. I think that that's just a, a, a stroke, <clears throat> excuse me, of genius. And maybe that's more of a testament to Flanagan than it is to King. Um, Matt, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I still have not read the book. Oh, I know there are massive differences, terrifying. but yeah. I think the movie is book great. Is uh, I think the movie is actually terrifying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the uh, I think Rose the Hat, awesome villain. The True Knot, awesome gang of villains. Awesome, you know, uh, antagonists. I love Ewan McGregor as Danny uh, as Danny Torrance. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they didn't try and CGI all the old characters from the movie, and they got lookalikes to play Wendy Torrance yeah. and uh, Dick Halloran. Yep. and the lady in the bathtub, and all of that stuff. And they recreated the sets from Kubrick's Overlook Hotel. Like, it's just, it was all done with such reverence and respect for the original source material, like the original book, the sequel book, Kubrick's movie. I just think it's a master stroke of filmmaking. Was that Blumhouse? I do not believe it was. No. I do not believe it I was. So. I think it was Universal. That was pretty, that was a mainstream, Yeah, I think. I know Blumhouse does have some bangers. I feel like I feel like for sure this can't be a Blumhouse. Movie. It better not be able. That goes against everything I've ever said about yeah, Blumhouse. Right. But that's just some movies um, Blumhouse does it. I'm like, oh, I do like. But them. yeah, I, I think I think it it's a um, it's you know I, I just think it's a masterpiece. It's, it's, a masterpiece. it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. I mean, one of the one, one of the most terrifying scenes in that movie is when they take that little poor kid that was playing baseball and they just fucking horrible. 
horrible it's like you watch shit. it and you're like oh my god yeah, this dude, is yeah. just like that, that's it's a really like, rough part because of the like, this is a mainstream just... horror sequel to the shining and they're doing that's this. a movie i gotta rewatch again that's dude a i i would rewatch that movie re-watch. anytime and my one regret is that i missed it in theaters i did not see it in theaters i ran out of time and the first time i watched it was actually down in the basement here with yeah, we uh, all watched uh, yeah yeah we did me, a... me you cat and craig yeah yeah and obviously I, I gushed about it on the podcast at the time, but I just think that it's phenomenal. It, it, it still has held the test of time for me. I love this movie so much, and I know other people have varying opinions on but like I just I love Doctor Sleep so, so, so much. We're not here to talk about other people. Yeah, about yeah. <laughs> so Doctor Sleep uh, is my, my second pick. Good right. choice. Yeah. Matt? All right. I'm going to go with the novel Pet Cemetery. Mm. Um, this is what I think the scariest Stephen King book. I've read. Um, it's the most upsetting. It's the most just deeply fucked up. Um, it's pretty close. The movie. It's it's the movie stays pretty close. Did you read it? Yes. Yeah. So I I I read it uh, a long long time ago, but I reread it before the remake was coming out. Yeah, I reread it yep. in probably a year and a half. Ago. And I, I feel like I was not. I I didn't like fully grasp like how depressing the story was uh when i read it at a younger yeah. age and having read it as more of an adult it was just it was a fucking gut punch it's miserable yeah. Yeah. yeah there's just something very horrifying that has become so mainstream about people rising from the dead and coming back but the way that the story has it like you're bringing someone to this haunted burial ground and putting them there knowing they're going to come back, knowing they're not going to be the way that they were supposed to be, and just, they come back. And it's like that whole setting that's built around it, um, going deep, deep into the woods, the whole story where they, uh, that, what's-his-face, Judd has to tell them about the guy who, like, the dad who had to bury his son in it, and he comes back, and they had to burn the house. Like, it's just, like, it's just very, very fucking scary. And, like, just to think that any, just to be in that mindset that, like, you would be willing to do that. And it's just like, God, it's just fucking miserable. Yeah. But it's so well written. And it is just, it, the book flies by you. And, like, when you're reading it, I think I read it when I read it again a couple years ago or whatever. It was it's, like it's short, for week, sure. Maybe yeah. tops. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a total speed reader, but, um, it's just, it's a doozy. So, and I do think the movie holds some good stuff, too. Victor Pascal's character is beyond frightening. The original, obviously, yeah. not the... Yeah. Just everything think? that he... It's just... There's just so many catalysts as to why this all ends up happening, and you just realize there is actually a universal driving force behind it, and it's not just, like, why... Because in the movie, that's the one thing it lacks. You're like, what's this guy's fucking deal, yeah. dude? He just told you not to do that. Why and, did you even bring it up? And I, like, I thought... So in the remake, I thought that they were going to tie more into that. They kind of yeah. teased that they might, and they ended up not going there, and then they ended up just making a lesser version of the original one. I mean, my God, what a waste of John Lithgow, who's yeah. a great fucking actor. Um, yeah, the, the remake was a huge disappointment. But the original movie, the Mary Lambert version, is is very, very good. And yeah, the book as cheesy is, is, as it is. You know, yeah, the, still, the book is deeply, good. deeply depressing and upsetting. Um you know, obviously, anytime you deal with the possibly the heaviest subject on earth, which is losing a child, yeah, uh, it's it's it's, it's tough to deal with. Tough to yeah. deal with. So yeah, it's. I remember him saying at one point 
that he had a tough time getting this book released. Yeah. And he wasn't even sure if he really wanted to because it was so dark, but he was like under pressure from, you know, essentially his his uh, his, his late what, what's the term I'm looking for? Not his book label or maybe that is, but like they needed publisher. his publisher. They yeah. needed they needed something to put out and he was like, "Well, I have this that I have finished, but it's like really fucked up." Oh, okay. We'll publish it. <laughs> yeah, he and that became Pet Cemetery. I think he came. He be, he was quoted saying it was like he was nervous with himself mentally yeah. for like being getting into that dark of a spot. So yeah, and understandable. That, that says something for King, given some how fucked up he was, like in the early '80s, like on drugs and alcohol, yeah. writing a lot of the shit that he did, which you can see in a lot of his writings. Oh yeah, I had a feeling you were going to take Pet Cemetery at some point in yep. uh, some way, shape, or form. Yeah, well, I know I talked about the movie on one of the other drafts, so I yes. wanted to at least give the other half its flowers because it's well deserved. Of course. Um, I'm going to actually do another book for okay. my next pick. Okay. I'm going to do the Dead Zone. Ooh. Um, this book is sneakily one of my favorite Stephen King books. Um, the story is fantastic. It's so well done. It's so suspenseful. And there's there's truly horrific, uh, I'll call it, I guess chapters in it, but like scenes that go that happen. the 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 movie, the Cronenberg movie, is great, but there it's things are changed, and they're definitely softened. But everything that happens with um, him just pursuing this politician, what he has to do, how it all plays out at the end. Have you read it? I have not read the book. I've seen. I don't the want movie. to spoil anything because it's like if you see the movie, you get the gist of it. But it's written so 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 good. Uh, very sad. It's a sad book, but dude, like the stuff with uh, him, the telling the nurse that her house is on fire and she has to go. That's like kind of in the movie, but that that part in the book is really really intense. Um, he there's another thing with in the movie. I know it's kids that go through ice on a hockey rink instead. It's a prom that catches on fire, which you're kind of oh, like, does okay. this have to do with Carrie? Mm. And um, but it's it's fucking it's nice. very good. So yeah. that I would say it's not his scariest book, but it's. Story-wise, I think it's one of his best, most soundly constructed novels. Okay. Highly Is recommend. Is that a long read? Short no, read? it's okay. probably 360 so, anything over sixty pages is long. Well, it's, I mean, it's like I, it's right around the same length as Pet Cemetery. Okay, yeah, and obviously the movie's very good too. Cronenberg movie yeah. with Christopher Walken and Martin Sheen. And, I picked uh, that in one of the drafts. Yeah, it's very, it's very Cronenbergified. There's some crazy violence in it. And then uh, I, I also uh, we probably talked about this during your draft, but the uh, the parody skit that Christopher Walken did on SNL, where he was uh, essentially the dead zone guy, but he was telling people just useless shit every time he grabbed them. That was so funny. <laughs> Loved that. Loved that. All right, so the dead zone off the board. Hmm, I have a decision to make here. I think that I am going to go. I mean, this is still on the board. I feel like I have to take it. I have to take another book, and I'm going to take Salem's Lot again because it's my favorite Stephen King book. I think it's the scariest Stephen King book, and I think to put it the way Stephen King did, he essentially wanted to write a story about if Count Dracula had, uh, you know, landed in America in the 70s, I think, when it was written, 70s? Yeah, because yeah, it came out in the late 70s, 74, 74 mid-70s. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially that type of story. It is a Dracula story. In America, in Maine, it's a Steve. You know, like lots of Stephen King stuff takes place in Maine, um, but I, I, I just think that the there's not a lot now of vampire stuff that really scares me, and I don't know that there really ever has been a lot of vampire stuff that has scared me as much as Salem's Lot did the first time I read it. 
I mean, maybe the first time I saw Nosferatu, like the original silent film one, because it's so creepy and it's silent and it's in black and white and the monster design is so scary. Maybe the first time I saw Let Me In. Uh, 30 Days a Night. 30 no. Days a Night is pretty scary too, but not as scary. I mean, I feel like it's vampires are almost like zombies now where it's like tough. They're, they're so overexposed in pop culture and a lot of them are portrayed as so sexy. It's tough to make them scary. Which, if you like, look back at the original, like Bram Stoker, Dracula story, which I have read, and, and that is a very long plotting read. Let me tell you, oh my god, yeah. um, he is essentially like he's not Bela Lugosi. He's not this suave count. Like he is a monster. Like, and that's I, I think that that when they tap into those aspects of that type of character, it makes it that much better. And, I mean, you see in, like, the Toby Hooper miniseries. Oh, I love that. Like, that's an awesome, awesome, awesome vampire design. Mm -hmm. All of them are. Yeah, it's great. Anyone that gets turned into one is... It's great. ...so fucking creepy looking. I I love the Nosferatu-style vampires, and it's, it's very, very creepy, so... I'm going to take Salem's lot, and again, I am I am very much holding out hope that this uh, this new movie is going to be any good because I uh, I held up the same level of hope for the uh, Pet Cemetery remake, the actual theatrical release. It is, and okay. it got pushed from it was supposed to be out in October, that, yeah. and I guess now it's getting pushed to like February or March of next year. And the yeah, kid that plays uh, the kid that plays Ben Mears is Bill Pullman's son. He was one of the sons in Outer Range. Yeah. Gotcha. Who I like him as an actor. So, okay, there's some talent there. I know one of the guys from Game of Thrones is playing Straker. Yeah. So, uh, I'm holding out okay. hope that it's it's not a total disaster. I, and God, please, I hope it... And James Wan is a producer on it, I believe. Not directing. I believe he's a producer. Get so some good jump scares, I bet. We'll see. We'll see. I'm really hoping that it's good. So, yep. Uh, Salem's Lot, the book. Off the board, Andrew. I'm going to go with another Thomas Jane movie, because he's, <laughs> for some reason... I'm going to go with 1922. Nice. Oh, I thought you were going to go there. I wow. feel like that's a very under-the-radar Stephen King movie. See, I like period pieces. Like, they, for some reason, like, it just draws draws me a little bit more. And this is just, like, the ultimate story of just betrayal, regret. Like, it's it's almost like... It reminds me of, like, a Coen Brothers-style movie, with just, like, all the bad shit that happens based off of this one choice that takes very early on when he basically he's a farmer a lot of farmland in nebraska and his wife is sick of that life she wants to sell like the hundred land a hundred acres of land that she got from her family the hundred acre city yeah speaking of the poop (laughs) she wants to sell it move to the city omaha i guess that's the city Uh, that kind of probably that's where 311's from Um, city so he basically (laughs) convinces his son your mom's not looking out for our best interest so let's kill her i mean that's always a good decision (laughs) Let's kill her. So they kill her. They throw her in this unused well. And all these rats just start showing up. And the big themes, like, what was the other one with the graveyard shift? That's the other one. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I have that's, some love for graveyard shift. That's in night shift. shift. Night yep. shift, okay. Yep. Um, the story is graveyard shift. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, is that the, short, the collection? Night yeah. Shift? Um, yeah, so he basically, they murder his wife. People show up. But it's, again, it's 1922, so you can pretty much get away with anything you want as long as you're not leaving a big... The dead body or blood just always. Mm-hmm. So his son also has impregnated their fellowing neighbor's daughter. They send her away to some, like, I don't know, church to just stay while she's pregnant so that she can give up the baby adoption. The kid lasts, like, four months before he's like, fuck this, I need to get her, I can't yeah. wait any longer. So they do, like, a Bonnie and Clyde thing where they run off. <clears throat> they end up both dying because of this. Um, 
And then he ends up losing his farm regardless. He just goes, like, basically insane. Like, he starts seeing his dead wife, and there's just more and more rats. And it's just, it's again, it's just, like, another, like, it's a very Stephen King-style mm-hmm. story where you just, you've, you've made a bad decision, and now it's just going to haunt you for the rest of your life. And I don't know, that was that was a Netflix original, I think. Sure it was. was. Yeah. yeah. Then that was, like, I mean, Netflix isn't known for much in the realms of, like, I mean, it's it's kind of a. I mean, it's a horror movie. That was in um, uh, Full Dark, No Stars for the short story collection. So that was a short story one. Yeah, too? I guess those are some of like the harshest, uh, more modern stories that he's written in terms oh, of okay. like, the short stories. They were pretty. What year did those come out? Oh, uh, within the last ten years, I think. Oh, okay, so those yeah. are fairly new. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was like a really well done movie. Great. I mean, any Tom Stream for some reason like he he's never in like these really big movies. I feel like, but he's always like does a really good job. Like he's almost like a TV actor, but he does a phenomenal job. In love this. I just, I love the story behind in this movie. It's it's a little bit it's I feel like this movie's long. I want to say it's over two hours and I feel like it's a little plotting at times, but if you can get past that, if you enjoy that, it's kinda like impaired to something or two. I would say it's like a Cohen brother, but like I can get that. Like it's got yeah. that, just like that regret and revenge there and all will that be sort blood. of stuff. Yeah. No, that's so, not Cohen brothers, but but that's a great. That's I the love kind that of vibe. I yeah, get from it. just like very long, kind of drawn out. Mm-hmm. But the 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 father son dynamic almost kind of reminded me a little bit of like frailty, mm. a little bit. If you've seen that movie, that's an under movie. Love that yeah. fucking movie. All right, so 1922 off the board. Also, Thomas Jane was a phenomenal Punisher. I thought. I thought oh, was, he was uh, the yeah. Punisher. He I forgot the that Punisher. he was the Punisher. Yeah, great voice for it. Good pipes. That was before. Is that a Marvel or is that DC? That's a Punisher's Marvel. Yeah, that's before I hated Marvel movies. That was like, yeah, that was one of the first big Marvel movies. That was like two thousand like six. It was dude. I was in. I was in. uh, (laughs) It was before two thousand six because I was in high school and I saw it in theaters. Wow, that was that long. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I remember I was so impressed by how violent it was. I was like, holy shit! I think I was like a. I remember I, I saw it with a bunch of my buddies and then we went to a house party after that and got loaded. So I had to have been like a junior or senior in high school. I was doing all that shit, so. All right, 1922, off the board, which means that we're back to me, correct? No, it's me again. Jesus, you, wait, oh, that's right. You didn't pick two. Yeah, this is your last pick. <laughs> this is my last pick. And I'm going to go with a guilty pleasure. Don't worry, Mike, you're not going to pick. Okay. Secret Window. I fucking love that movie. Johnny Depp's awesome in it. Timothy Hutton's great. It's such a fucking... John Turturro? John Turturro's amazing. It's just such a... It's, it's, it's a pretty stupid movie, if you really think about it. But it's you stole my story. But I fucking love it. it's like to me it's like a it's like a newer age like thinner. It's just very paranoid. It's just he's like lost his mind. He's a writer yeah. and he's thinking that someone's you know someone's trying to get him because you stole my story. Like he's getting he's plagiarizing. But mm. in reality, he's just lost his goddamn mind and he stole his own story and he's just killing people because his wife was cheating on. Him. Yep. It's a very basic plot, but Johnny Depp does. He's so good. I don't have much to say about that movie because it's. I'm sure everybody's seen Secret Window. Most people, I would think. So I have read the short story and I have also seen the movie. And I remember, like, I feel like this is one of the like a lot of Stephen King stories are about writers, right? So obviously, like, he's very clearly writing from his point of view. I feel like this is one of the more personal stories that he wrote. A couple things stuck out to me. I know he's been accused of plagiarizing stories a lot in his career. And, but obviously they're, they're unfounded. Like, he's in, insanely original in most cases. But, like, certain stories are similar to other stories, but you have to also remember, like, a lot of stuff that he wrote has become so popular that it just influenced an entire genre. Another thing that I remember, too, so he used to be a very heavy smoker, Stephen King, and he quit 
and uh, Johnny Depp's character in the movie keeps like a spare pack or like one yep. last cigarette like in his drawer, which I know that he has said Stephen King himself that he actually does as well because if you know shit ever hits the fan that's going down, that's the last thing that he wants to do. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I can can understand that. So, yeah, yeah, I I definitely think it's not one of my favorite King movies, but, I mean, it's got Johnny Depp and John Turturro. I forgot about Timothy Hutton in that movie. It's it's also one of the movies that I've probably, like, one of the Stephen King movies movies that I've probably watched, like, like that and Thinner. Whenever I see, if it's ever, like, when it's ever on, I'm watching it. I can't help myself. I don't know why. Okay. Fair enough. It's an easy watch. That's what it is. It's not. There's nothing you don't have to think about much. It's just it's simple. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's just a good, yeah. easy well movie to watch. Yeah. It's well done. Sure. It's not like you're like 1922 is the complete opposite of that. Like you, it's a great movie, but then you have to really devote time and energy in watching this. Of course. So. Okay. Secret window. Secret window. <laughs> a short story called Secret Window, Secret Garden, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right, so that means that we're to me, and I did have one extremely big deep cut that I feel like I need to take because I put the effort into, you know, watching it and uh, remembering it. So I'm a sucker for the X-Files. Always have been, always will be. And uh, season five of the X-Files, which would have premiered in 1998, I would have been 13 years old, and this was peak, like, interest in Stephen King interest in horror the x-files was fucking scary as shit at that time to be on tv so whenever i heard that stephen king was going to be writing an episode of the x-files which he did and that episode is uh it's season again season five episode 10 the episode's called chinga i was intrigued right off the bat now it may not have aged uh as well as as a lot of the X-Files episodes have not aged as well because again, it's 90s network television. But I, I will stand, I will die on the hill that the X-Files has some genuinely terrifying yeah. shit and very good stories to tell. Mulder and Scully are two iconic characters and there are some great creature and monster effects in the X-Files. But basically this episode, it's a Stephen King story through and through. He wrote it, he co-wrote it with Chris Carter, the creator of the X-Files, and it's Scully... On vacation, where else, but in Maine, and she basically catches wind of this situation where uh, a mother, a daughter, are in a grocery store, and everybody else in the store, aside from them, tries to kill themselves all at the same time. So Scully finds out in the security cam footage that they're the only two that nothing happened to. Uh, One person died, and everybody else's eyes started to bleed from their eyes uncontrollably. You come to find out that it is a witchcraft creepy doll story very much akin to like a chucky story or something like that where the little girl's doll has a mind of its own is trying to kill these people so it's like very stephen king hmm. wow but it's actually it's it's i've never seen this one pretty yeah, good I, I was like have i seen this nope. i mean it doesn't sound like a very complicated plot but it's very much a stephen king plot oh 100 like i mentioned like you know he plays with like demonic objects demonic toys all the time so that's that short story the monkey um, that's in Skeleton Crew that I talked about before. That's a demonic toy story that was like inspired, like episodes of like inspired like Goosebumps books and like Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes and all kinds of shit. So it's out there. The plot is out there. I'm saying it's nothing new. It's nothing intriguing. But again, I'll never miss an opportunity to talk about the X Files because I fucking love the show. And I, I, what I will say, 
even though a lot of X-Files, like hardcore fans, may not find it to be one of the best episodes, which it's definitely not, probably one of the gorier episodes. I mean, you can tell it's definitely Stephen King writing it. There's some pretty fucked up gore in it. And, and like, X-Files pushed the boundaries for gory shit in the 90s, again, on network TV. I think it was on, like, Friday nights at 9, but still, like, like network TV shit. But they, they got away with a bunch <laughs> of shit. So anyway, I'm saying uh, my final pick is going to be the X-Files Season 5, Episode 10, called Chinga, which was written by Stephen King. So, how about that? I like yeah, that. That's good. a deep, 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 deep cut. All right, Maddie, what do we got? All right, so I also have kind of a deep cut. It is a movie, and you, may, you guys might have seen it, but I'm going to go uh, with a movie from 2004 by Mick Garris. Uh, from the short story collection, uh, Everything's Eventual, I'm going to do Riding the Bullet. Oh, nice. So, um, this is a movie I, that, like, when I was saying earlier, like, it was always on when I'd come home from school. Like, 2004, I'm, like, 11, 10, 11. Uh, and so, seeing these movies on TV, well, this was probably on in, like, 2005 and six after it had been released a little later. So, probably, like, 11, 12, maybe 13. And, uh. I'm, I don't know, I just thought it was a really good ghost story, um, basically what it's about, I think it takes place in like the mid-70s, and this dude is trying to get to his mom, who's been hospitalized, uh, and it's his birthday, and he is just hitchhike. he has to hitchhike to get there, and basically, he comes to find out that the guy who's hitchhike he's hitchhiking with, who's picked him up, is actually dead, and so, um... There's a lot of layers to this story. It's very... Um, I haven't read the short story. I'm not sure how long it is, but if it's... I imagine if it's going to pro- provide all the information that the movie has, it's got to be upwards of at least 60 pages or so. Um, so the the story has a lot of layers. It's, I, it's almost like an onion. There's a lot of things that are found out as the story goes on. There's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of dream sequences. So... Um, but David Arquette plays the, the, the dead driver, and he is at his David Arquette finest. Um, he's very zany, but then he snaps back. Like, it's almost like this, like, uh, Christian Bale, like, American Psycho kind of thing going on. Like, he's kind of all over the place. And there's just these great dream hallucination sequences with him in a graveyard and finding him, like, with no head. Because he, the guy dies in, like, a car accident, and he gets beheaded. And um, there's just... There's a lot of really good Mick Garris style set pieces and frights. And it's just, it's like, to me, this is like some of the most top tier Stephen King, just like goo that you can get into a movie, dude. Like it, it has a lot of the best kind of shit like that. So, uh, dude, Mick Garris loves him. He some gets Stephen it. King. Yeah. <laughs> loves him some Stephen King. Yeah. So I mentioned his podcast earlier. We were talking about it. He's directed so much Stephen King shit. Yep. Between, he did The Stand. Yeah, The Stand. He also did the Shining TV miniseries yep. with Steven Weber as Jack Torrance. Not great. Uh, but, dude, yeah, Mick Garris loves Stephen King. He's done a ton I've of that. I've never seen that. It's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Hitting the bullet. It's yeah. good. Andrew, it's, a, a, lot it's a, a movie. There's a lot of metaphors. It sounds like a too. perfect movie. It's, for it's a watch. movie that you would like. And yeah. also, yeah, it has a, uh, Erica Christensen in it, which... Yow. Oh, you'd know her if you saw her. Absolutely. Erica Christensen. Erica Christensen. Google her and get back to her. like a late 90s, early 2000s. Absolutely. Smoke show. She's up there with like Jewel State, like of like the 90s girls that were in like TV shows that you love. Oh, yeah. 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 I think she wasn't, no, she wasn't in Swim Fan. I'm thinking of somebody else. Jonathan Jackson plays the, um, 
the lead character, Alan. Okay, what else is Erica? She was in Swim Fan. Fan. She was in Swim. Yeah, Fan. see, I uh, okay. I never found Graphic. her attractive. Really? Oh, yeah, that is the her. Swim Fan girl. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I think she's awesome, and she's in that movie, Riding the Bullet. Yep, beauty. So, yeah, I, I really. It's just one of those ones that it's always like kind of what you said, like with thinner. It's like yeah. Yeah, if I see it on, I'm gonna watch it. You can't okay. help so, yourself. Yeah, it's a it's a really Even if good it's one. It's not on. I'll find a way to watch. It's it. on, dude. It's <laughs> on, like definitely on Tubi or oh, like most Pluto likely. TV. It's on something like exclusively. For, so okay, yeah. Do you guys have any honorable mentions that you were thinking about picking that you want to run through? I have, I have a couple. Yeah. Obvious all honorable. Okay, who'd like to start? Uh, I would. There's just so many good <laughs> short stories in Night Shift. Yeah. Um. Between what's been made into movies, such as, like, the Graveyard Shift, the uh, Children of the Corn, sometimes mm-hmm. they come back. Yep. Um, there, and then there's other, like, The Mangler, even though that movie was trash. Oh, The like, Mangler. Dude, The Mangler, the Toby Hooper movie, has one of the all-time gross-out scenes. When that old lady gets pulled into that yeah. that industrial fucking laundry machine, it is disgusting. It's she just, just gets one of those, fucking yeah. flattened. It's gross. It's just but one of those so things, stupid. like, where the sh- what the short story is, it's just like, I can't believe they were able to scrape together 90 minutes dude, of Dude, at the, sh- story, at the end but... of The Mangler short story, the laundry machine gets up and leaves yeah, the factory it, and runs away. Gets out and, like, wild. leaves yeah. Earth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> fucking crazy. And uh, there's a few other ones that um, aren't movies. There's one called The Ledge, which is a really suspenseful story about a man forcing a guy. Basically, it's an it's a it's someone's having an affair and there's money involved, and he basically forces this guy on top. It's like a skyscraper that he has to walk along the ledge of this building and back, and he'll like give him the money and let him live. I remember that one. Which he's like, clearly, it's it's a lot like the story in Creepshow, where you're like, you've got this guy who's a millionaire, and he's clearly done this crazy stunt, killing people, burying them up to their head. So, but, like, you got to get through, and it's like, the guy knows that there's these birds that are pecking, you only have, like, an inch of fucking ledge, like, oh, shit. really suspenseful, really good. There's one called The Smoking Method. Uh, I think that that's what it's called. Or no, quit quitters ink, quitters ink, and it's a a story about a guy who's trying to do everything he can to quit smoking cigarettes, to the point that he's willing to shock his family and do things like this company comes in and kind of he signs sort of signs something that forces him to do some pretty unspeakable things Have without willing. To. For some reason. I was talking it's about the ten o'clock, a... the ten o'clock people oh, a few weeks okay, ago. It's a very similar it plot to okay. They Live. Quitters Inc. is way different. I remember that yeah, story. Yeah, that one was really Holy heavy. Interesting. Um, but like some of the notable ones, like Children of the Corn in that book is mm. really, really fucked up. It's a lot like the movie is very tame compared to the story. Like it really, everyone they fuck kill everybody. And um, sometimes they come back is easily one of the best written ghost stories I've ever read. It is absolutely fucking chilling, dude. Like, the way that that is written and the kids, one by one, coming back to this guy's classroom as he's the teacher, it's just a perfect ghost story. Very good one. Yeah, so I I, I like Night Shift a lot. Um, Just other movies, for sure. I love the Salem's Lot miniseries. Um, And that's... Those are my big two headers for sure for honorable men. Okay, uh, for I books. Could go on. For yeah. books, I had uh, <laughs> on, on. Cycle of the Werewolf, which was made into uh, the Silver, Silver Bullet, Bullet movie with uh, fucking Corey Gary Haim uh, and Gary Busey. Movie is uh, a whole bunch of '80s cheese, but I have love for it. But the book, we talked about this on Future of Horror. Um, I think it would make a great mini-series that could be redone as like a more serious horror comedy type thing. Also, not one of his more well-received books, but I read it in high school and I liked it because I love alien horror shit. Uh, Dreamcatcher. 
it's a weird book. He was clearly very fucked up on drugs after his car, after he got hit by that car mm -hmm. and almost died. So you can, there's some very weird concepts in there, but there's also some very scary stuff. Ties into it as well. I kind of feel like it. that movie is due for a retry. Like, it wasn't terrible. It I don't hate that movie. I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that movie. I kind of like it. It's but a good cast. Doesn't that have what that guy in it, too? Or Thomas Jane? I, yeah. He might be in that, too. Thomas Jane is in it. Yeah. yeah. Again. Thomas Jane, yeah. Damian Lewis, yep. Timothy Oliphant, Jason yeah. Lee, yep. Morgan yeah, Freeman, great, great. Tom Sizemore. Donnie Wahlberg. I gotta rewatch that yeah, movie. Yeah, I haven't watched that movie in about twenty years. I mean, there's some corny shit in there, but I would say the first almost hour in the movie, when you don't know what's going on, and that guy wanders into the cabin and he's farting uncontrollably and is going Kinda to the like bathroom. Kind of like the thing almost. It's got some good body bit. horror for sure. I remember so <laughs> that when the movie came out, I remember seeing a quote from the director of the movie who I don't know what his name was. He said, I am hoping to do for the toilet what Jaws did for the ocean. <laughs> I fucking died laughing so hard. Like, okay. I got you, bro. I mean, That's hey, sad. hey, hey. I mean, I'm sh I thought twice about Dude, taking a Dude, you could fucking ruin the ocean, but don't that. you goddamn ruin the toilet. Yeah. That is my favorite place. Let's um, not fuck that up. So I also, I, I feel like I've talked about them a lot, but I, for movies, It Chapter 1 and 2, I've talked about those a lot. Um, but for deeper cuts, uh, you talked about Netflix Stephen King movies, and I feel like Gerald's Game flies yeah. under the radar quite Gerald's a bit. Game is very good. That's Very, very, very good. Also Mike Flanagan. Um, but if you want a really, really deep 80s cut, watch The Night Flyer. Yeah. Which has, that even might be like nine, 1990s. It might be 90s. It's got uh, Miguel Ferrer is the main character, which you, it's he's one of those guys. You he was him. in blank check. Everything like, you'd know him if you saw him. And the basic plot is there is a serial killer that flies a single-engine Cessna plane around, and Miguel, this character, oh yeah, he is trying to catch this serial killer. He's a reporter for like a tabloid, and the rumor is that this character is a vampire. So he's flying around to different airports where murders have occurred trying to catch this killer. And let's just say he does. And it's fucking corny and cheesy as fuck, but there's actually some very good shit. In it. Um, so the, it's called The Night Flyer. The short story's very good. I believe that is also in Night Shift. Um, or if not, it's in Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Might be in Nightmares and yeah. Dreamscapes. Um, and then also the only other thing that I had was the Outsider TV series. Awesome. Yeah, great stuff. So, uh, did you have some honorable mentions? I have honorable mentions, and they're not even really honorable mentions. I've just talked about them before on the podcast, and I didn't feel like doing the same and over again. Yeah. So these may have a higher ranking than what I picked, but real quick, the dark half, awesome. Movie. I know you love the dark, dark half. Timothy yeah. Hutton again. Yep. yep. Like um, Storm of the Century. I talked. Uh, I can't believe. I'm surprised you didn't pick because that. I've talked. Yeah, about I know. It I, I know. I just, it's I so good talk, though. I don't want to talk about the same thing. It is over so good. And over it's again. so good. Uh, the Dead Zone, obviously. Um, I almost picked because I think I could have done it from Creepshow Two. Just the segment, the, the raft. raft. Mm. I could have picked that. Um, the Outsider, obviously, I would have picked too. Um, that's pretty much it. Okay. Fair enough. Still waiting for a good adaptation of The Gunslinger, but that's okay. Cause... Well, supposedly there was talk that it was going to be remade into a an Amazon TV series, which I feel like it's it's much more tailored for a TV series than it is for a movie. I mean, that, a ma that McConaughey-Idris Elba movie, if you can't turn 
a movie with those two actors in it then into a good movie, on. then what in fuck's name? At least get some monstrosities going on in there. Come on. Yeah, I love I love Idris Elba. I love McConaughey. Uh, McConaughey was fresh off of True Detective when they did that. I'm all on board. <clears throat> The Idris Elba as James Bond train. Dude. I would fucking love to I see actually, him as James Bond. I actually kind of want to secretly want to see that Lion movie that he's in, Beast. Beast? Oh, that looks, looks pretty good. I just want to see Dude, the Lion and it has, yeah. well, not only does it have him, it has, what's his fucking name from uh, District 9? Yeah. Ah, uh, shit, what's his name? Oh, my God, that's going to drive me insane. He's always in, like, the Neil Blomkamp movies. About, uh, oh, Matt's going to pull it up right yeah. now. It's going to drive uh, me insane. What's his fucking name? But it's good. okay. That's like your that actually summer looks pretty good. Like, I like... would see that movie. I would see that movie for sure. Charlotte Copley. Charlotte Copley. Yes, that's his name. He's safe African. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, anything else about Stephen King before we say I mean, good evening? The dude rocks, man. The king he's of he's really the king, king of, of all of this. Yeah. King of horror, man. There's a reason. Oh, that Night Flyer. It actually came from a multi-author anthology um, called. Prime Evil, New Stories by the Masters of Modern Horror. Okay. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, if we have nothing further on Stephen King, all I have left to say, you guys, is here's where you can find our podcast. Uh, and spoiler alert, wherever you're listening right now, you can listen to us next week. But we're also on all the other popular podcast platforms. If you decide to switch, including uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. My name is Mike. I'm your host, and I've been joined by my fellow scholarly gentlemen, Matt and Andrew, on this awesome draft <laughs> scholarly that we have done. Gentlemen, say goodbye to your audience. A good evening. Good evening. Goodbye. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Good evening. Now we say it too much. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.